You're listening to Rooted and Overflowing. Hello, friend, and welcome to today's episode of Rooted and Overflowing. Anyone who knows me knows that I love studying God's Word. Today, I am honored to be having a conversation with an extraordinary Bible teacher, Victoria Carrington. When the world shut down during the height of the pandemic, the app Clubhouse took off like wildfire. For just about any topic that you could think of, there was a room to discuss it with people from all over the world. The Christian community was front and center. With some rooms set up for reading the Bible, people on the mic would just take turns reading through selected Bible passages. There were rooms for prayer, rooms for just sharing testimonies. One of the jewels that I was able to mine on Clubhouse was Aroma Bible Study, led by Victoria Carrington. Victoria brought to the Clubhouse stage people from all over the world. It was so enriching to experience people from other countries coming together with different languages and accents to talk about the same God and the same Jesus who came to save us all. I'm so happy to share this conversation with my very special guest, Victoria Carrington. Victoria, welcome to Rooted and Overflowing. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. This has been a long time coming. Um, We will get into (laughs) it. Yeah, it really has. We will get into it a little bit about how we met each other during the height of the pandemic. It has certainly been a true joy. I appreciate your teaching and your wisdom. And you do such a powerful job of being able to speak to what's happening in our world and how, how God's way. Um, can be made in the midst of how things are going in this world and how we can stand and walk and represent him and represent him well. So I I admire that about you and just the short time that I've known you, but I appreciate your ministry. Thank you so much. To introduce you to Rooted and Overflowing listeners, I would love for you to tell us what was it like for you to answer God's call into ministry? That's a great question with many parts to it. I have been in ministry this way digitally since 2003. Yes, the dinosaur era. <laughs> um, I've been around for that long. Uh, back when I think Gmail started in 2004, uh, I was pregnant with my daughter and my husband's like, hey, there's this thing called blogging. There's people doing this thing called mommy blogging. Maybe you can do that. So, oh, Christian homeschool. I've been so homeschooled mom. Uh, so that's kind of the beginning of my journey, just writing, uh, blogging, um, Bible verses, uh, scriptural encouragement, specifically for moms primarily. Um, and then eventually went into an encourager mom. As the Lord led me, had a website, a blog, a big Facebook page, which is still there, not as active. Uh, I went through a transition. Now, this is before years ago. My daughter, my youngest, didn't want to homeschool anymore. She wanted to go to our local Christian school because my son, older son, had just graduated from homeschool. She wanted to homeschool by herself, and that was fine. So she ended up going to Christian school. Well, in this transition, I felt the Lord was just really just tugging on my heart a little bit. I had the encouraging mom, kind of static, just doing some Facebook stuff, did one devotional. Just I wasn't really moving or growing in it very much. And just seeking the Lord, hey, I'm in a transition period. My daughter is going to high school, I'm not homeschooling anymore. What do you want me to do? And I didn't really know what it was, if your job or 
whatever. And I thought, so I, I want you to do another ministry. I said, well, okay. So, so you know, think about encouraging mom. What else could I do with it or change it or something like that? And just really out of the blue. And I remember texting a couple people. Uh, the Lord gave me the word aroma. I was like, is that even the Bible? Literally, this is really the first thing I said. <laughs> I just don't remember being that word in the Bible. So, of course, I, the first place I, I did go is Google. I often warn people about using Google for Bible study. I don't only use it for that, but for a really quick lookup, mm-hmm. word, I start there and then I can move on. And, and I, I can recognize what sites are good sites on there. Um, so it's like aroma. Okay, so there's a couple of verses. Um, but the one that captured me, I knew it was the one that the Lord wanted, was Second Corinthians 2.14. And it says, you know, but thanks be to God for leading us in triumph or victory um, in sharing the knowledge of Christ in everywhere that we go. And that's like a mix of a few different translations there. And I thought, well, that's an interesting verse. I didn't, it's, you know, some verses, they really attract you. Like, oh, man, that's just really so, I love that we're, I was like, oh, that's it, God? Really? Like, what am I to do with this verse? I was just a tad bit confused on that. Um, started researching it. I honestly got a little bit more confused, just um, some of the different translations and what they mean by triumph and things like that. It just wasn't like, oh, I love this verse. It's so fun. So I, I started, I'll just be honest with you, and I think this is good. Other should. So I started really looking for another verse. I, okay. I'm just being honest with you. I was like, well, maybe this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, could this really be right? This I don't like it. Like you're supposed to like the verse, and um, and so I did start looking for some other verses. There's a couple of other verses, Old Testament, New Testament about Abraham, and there was like, nope, this is the one. I I get it. I I do. I told I get it now. One of my problems with the verse, um, sharing it everywhere. I was like, well, this is kind of like evangelism or discipleship, and you know, that's not really my thing, God. I'm not. That's I don't, I just do Bible study, you know, that's not, I don't know about this other stuff. And um, God's like, okay, all right. It's interesting. I'm, I'm glad you asked me this question because you're looking back at how the Lord has led me in that such that now I get it. So you mentioned Clubhouse on Clubhouse. My club is called Bible Study and Share. That's how much now I'm embracing the fact that what God actually does want me is not just Bible study, but he, it is important, the knowledge and sharing it in every place. So discipleship and evangelism. So to answer your question, how I came into this particular ministry at this time, uh, again, I hope this is an encouragement for other ladies. It was kind of kicking and screaming and God dragging me. I'm just going to be honest with you. Look for that, ladies. It's not always going to be a big revelation. Oh, Roma, I love it. I, I wasn't really into it. I'm totally into it now. I mean, I'm owning it. I'm loving it. It's just, it's me. It's everything. I can feel God, you know, really leading me in it. The Holy Spirit's in all of this right now. I feel, you can see how excited I'm getting. I get so excited about it. So I just want to say to other ladies out there, it may or may not be just like when you meet your spouse, it may or may not be fireworks, not sort of thing. It might just be that quiet kind of thing that grows because I'm a hundred percent sure God did the right thing. I had a few things that helped me. And really understanding this, number one, I was really reading my word. Uh-huh. I really, I knew I need to read my word and really be in, in a lot of prayer, just seeking God about that. So Bible study, reading my Bible even more, because I knew I was in a transition time. I needed his word. Um, the prayer, definitely. I really, again, I, we should always pray, but times of transition, I need to pray. Especially when it's confusing, I like to pray even more. Uh-huh. But the third thing, 
that I'm always teaching women about along with Bible study and prayer is fellowship. Even just this brief conversation with you so far has been a blessing. But I had other ladies that I would mention it kind of, if I can say a little reluctantly, like, hey, I don't know, God, I, I remember texting a friend that day, I was like, I don't know, God's seen some aroma. She's like, oh my gosh, I love it. And mm-hmm. I told others, like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like, well, what do you like about it? It's just a word. <laughs> like, oh yeah, aroma, Bible, like, it just really resonated with people. Like, oh, so I was reluctant, but as I was sharing with God's people, and that has happened to the city, like, aroma, Bible, that sounds so cool. Like, what is that aroma, mom? What is that all about? It's exciting. It draws people. So God knew what he was doing. What a surprise. So I just say all that to say, I, everybody might not be as hard-headed as, as I am, but if you are one of those people, it's okay. Just sit back and say, Lord, I, I'm not liking this, but show me, and you know what? Change my heart. Because that's what God did. Um, our pastor always says, he always thinks that the words, God gives you the will and the do. It's good pleasure. So if you're having trouble getting the will, say, God, my will isn't in this. I don't really like this. Tell me. And he did. He's faithful. So look for little ministry signs that even if you don't really like something, allow the Lord to use you that way. So that's, that's my lesson that I have learned. You bring up such a great point that in the beginning, it's not always going to be fireworks. You talked about uh, Clubhouse and yes, Clubhouse at the height of the pandemic, it was where everybody, (laughs) everybody just was. People of faith, you know, the Lord just has a way of helping us to find each other and bring us together. And to your point about aroma, that's what stuck out. I'm like, oh, aroma Bible study, you know, a sweet smelling savor, you know, to the Lord. That was immediately um, what I thought. So tell us how you decided to bring aroma to Clubhouse. Yeah, that's a great, great question. I had heard about Clubhouse and just back in the day, it was really hard. You had to get an invitation and all this other stuff. That December, I started asking around, asking around. And I finally found a woman in my Christian YouTube group. So I was kind of playing around with a little bit of YouTube. You have a YouTube channel that I post on also. And finally, she gave me um, her invite. Well, so you had to like, get a code or something. She gives me her code. I was so excited. I immediately used the code. Well, just a few minutes later, she messaged me back saying, oh, please don't use the code. My husband really wants my code. I was like, no, I'm so sorry. I used it. Well, we figured out that I had a code and then I could give him my code. So, so it all worked. So I'm like, so God, I was like, thank you, God, for working all that out because of had gone the other way. I don't know if he would have wanted to give me a speech. He doesn't know me. Um, but anyway, so that was a blessing. God worked it out. But Clubhouse is something very interesting for me. Um, and I really appreciate how God uses technology for us as Christians. He always has, ever since the printing press. You know, that was new technology at one time. It really gave me my voice, right? And so I felt like God was saying I needed to be really leading, teaching, you know, leading Bible studies and teaching more. And I've kind of tried to do that in an offline setting and it never works. I just don't feel like God is in that. So then I start doing some Facebook lives for a little while. Honestly, I started having the technological problems you're talking about and all those issues with our, our Wi-Fi. And at the time I had an older computer. So that really didn't work out. Uh, I thought about doing the podcast and then my microphone wasn't working. Eventually I did get a new microphone, um, but just different things. So this clubhouse comes along. And I'm like, wow, this is really great. Like I said, with the high of the pandemic, for me, the Lord used that time to get me very much into God's word. I was on Clubhouse for like three, four hours a day. 
just listening to Christian teaching and preaching uh, God's word and discussing God's word. Then I thought, well, why don't I do this to myself? So God's been telling me to teach and preach his word. So why don't I use the clubhouse for that? And I was literally, I started out just doing a few little things here and there that weren't necessarily connected, just some mom Bible studies, some things that women in the Bible, which was fine. But then the Lord showed me very clearly I needed to start teaching like a sequence through the Bible using the aroma approach, which makes sense, right? Because he showed me the aroma approach. So I started going through um, these songs of ascent um, in the Psalms. And so I did it every day, five days a week. And I just can't begin to tell you how teaching God's word five days a week, it transforms you. Because I wasn't just you know, reading it, you know, like just, you know, do you know, morning devotions. I wasn't just reading and studying it, which I do that a lot with my regular morning devotions. I also spend a fair amount of time studying because I'm, I'm blessed. I have the time to do that. But to read it, study it, and then teach it every day, it was just transforming. And okay, Lord, I'm like, okay, so I am going to tell you one story. I started doing the songs in January on Clubhouse. So I started doing that. I had been diagnosed with high blood sugar. That would have been that previous November to the point where it was high enough that they wanted me to take a medication. And so I did. I started on the medication and everything. I really, I, I wanted to do other things like exercising better and totally changing my diet. Well, this just didn't work out for me. I know some people did that in the pandemic. It didn't really work out for me that well. Make a very long story short. And I share this carefully because I'm not saying it's a prescription for everybody. Um, but when I went back to the doctor in the following November, the doctor was shocked because not only was my blood sugar normal, but if you're familiar with hemoglobin A1C, it's a marker for your blood sugar over more the long term. It was totally normal. So what that means is that my blood sugar had been normal for quite some time for the hemoglobin A1C to be normal. And you might say, well, Victoria, what does that do with anything? Well, I, I would agree with you, maybe nothing, except for the Holy Spirit. And God, my Father, told me the reason why you're cured is because of my word. My word heals you. My word cures My word does everything that you need to do. You are faithful to me, and I'm going to be faithful to you. I, share, I say trepidation because I don't want people to say, okay, I'm going to get God's word. It's going to heal my diabetes. I'm not saying this is a word. God gave to me. How do you know? Because I know my God. Because I walk with him. I talk with him. And I know that's what he told me. He healed me because I was in his word. And of course, that's not the only story. You can see these. I also study church history. You can see stories like that throughout church history. So it does happen. I'm not a unique person. It is how God will choose to heal some people. So I tell that to say, studying Reading, studying, and teaching God's word daily changed me. So therefore, that app changed me. So oftentimes when you were in my rooms, you would hear me praying for the founders of the Clubhouse app, those the creators um, of that app. I still pray for them today. I want them to be saved. I'm grateful for what God is doing through them. And I want to bring even more Christians onto that app because the idea of having a global ministry is something else the Lord laid in my heart. Now that's why he said the the, the share part was important. He wants me to have a global ministry. That's what online ministry does. What an awesome time we live in. I know, I just see one of your podcasts and you're right. We live in a time of a lot of upheaval, changes, cultural changes, you know, political things. It can be very depressing. You were saying we need to hold on to hope. 
And I agree with you. Well, where do we get that hope from? We get it from God's word. And we can stick with God's word. But here's one really huge part of hope. Uh, Number one, there are more Christians on this globe than ever before in the history of humanity. Number two, we have ways of reaching more people for Christ than in the history of the world. Like the printing press was a really big deal. Radio was a big deal. TV was a big deal. But the internet? People who don't even hardly have food in certain places like in sub-Saharan Africa, they have cell phones. People in Asia that don't even have uh, hardly a place to live, they got cell phones. We can reach so many people for Christ this way. So if you say, well, I just saw some reasons for, you know, know, Americans are less believing in God. It doesn't matter. God's in control and he's doing a mighty new thing right now. And that includes things like Clubhouse. So I love your message of hope and not getting discouraged. And Clubhouse for me is a huge part of that. To go into your room, there would be people from other countries. And that always just fascinates me. To be united with someone across the globe about Jesus and about the saving work that he performed by dying on the cross and rising, that is just always fascinating. I've said before, um, the mission night at the convocation, um, I'm a member of the Church of God in Christ. And one of the nights during the convocation, convocation is dedicated to missions. And we have a powerful missions department. And that is my favorite night to see those flags coming in. These are the nations where the word of God is firmly planted. It just it is always an amazing sight. Well, we've talked a little bit about aroma. I would love for you to describe what is aroma? What does it stand for? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. It's, it's a Bible study approach that isn't as rigid as it sounds. You can take the different parts. You don't have a lot of time. Do one or two parts. Um, it kind of comes out of the way I was studying the Bible, not always formally, um, but at least I would do different parts of it. And sometimes I would have time to do all of them. So the A stands for arrange. That's when, you know, some people call it verse diagramming, um, Bible diagramming, verse mapping, you'll see those different kinds of words, that sort of thing. So for me, I'll look at my, my, let's say it's a passage, or sometimes it's just really one verse, you can do the same thing, and I divide it out. So for me, I do it digitally, I copy and paste and put the things so I can see each phrase or word and get the meaning of what the the writer is saying, for me, I believe in the inspiration of the Bible. I believe all of the Bible is God breathed. Um, so those authors are under you know, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. How did they write that? And then what can I get from that? How can I get God's meaning out of that? And there's some different, you can do software ways. You can just simply do like I do, just take the words part, copy, paste. You could do it even just writing, you know, into a notebook or a journal. And I do have aroma. Uh, journal, Roma Approach Journal is coming because that was kind of a request that people had. That's another story. So that's the A. R is for reading. And again, for me, once I kind of take the verses apart that way, I can then read through it. Sometimes once, sometimes twice, sometimes only once for the different ways. But I, I, I call them mindsets, Roma reading mindsets. And again, I'm going to have to read them because I kind of do it just without thinking. But number one is prayerful. Definitely want to pray to God about my Bible study. And that's not, again, always one step. It's at the beginning, the end, in the middle, wherever he is leading me to pray over a word or a verse or something that I don't understand or is keeping someone to mind. Uh, the second is hopeful. Um, 
some people I find read their Bible. It's like a drudgery. Oh, all right. I know I've got to get this verse. I have to do some kind of devotional thing. I'm going to get my quiet time in. But be hopeful. Expect to be blessed. It really helped me a lot when I changed my attitude. All right, God, what you got for me? I actually have a friend, an older friend, a different prayer group that I'm in who taught me. She's like, you know, she's, again, she's older. She's like her 70s. She's like, you know, life with Jesus, it's just an adventure. It's like any Christian you meet that doesn't understand it. There are people, oh, Christianity is boring. Jesus is boring. No, like every day he's got something new. You can kind of really look for that, expect it. And I love that. So I put that in my Bible. And it makes a difference. I expect God to show me something else. And he does. And that's, and then the third one, at least it was just grateful. Like, I just thank you for your work. So you should pray that you know, out loud you can, you know, when I'm doing Bible studies. And the fourth one is social. This is one that I used to say, well, God, you know, people say, well, just read the Bible for yourself. You know, you don't want to be like reading it with other people in mind. The Lord told me that isn't true. And actually, I've, since then, I've heard other preachers say that actually isn't true. It's not like other types of reading. So it's not that I'm reading, oh, let me look for what my sister needs to do in the Bible. They know. As I am reading it, though, God will certainly be renewing my mind. At the same time, he will absolutely tell me, you know, here's who needs to hear this word. This, you need to, you know, call your sister, your text her this, or your mom who texts him this verse. He'll do that for us. It is actually important. See, and now I understand about the whole aroma and share, the aroma Bible study and share part, because God was working on me even when he started putting this together for me. And the final one is thoughtful. So look for, I look for like, main points and keywords in every passage. And that's how I get my Bible studies that I do um, on Clubhouse. And then the next one is orient. So to orient yourself, we, we kind of know what this means. I do mine a little bit differently. I do the typical orient, which is looking at, um, first of all, um, in terms of in the Bible, where is this first? What chapter is it in? Who's the writer of this book of the Bible? You know, things like that. But then on a bigger scale, where does this story this account it in the greater narrative, the whole redemptive story. You mentioned um, Jesus coming, living on earth, dying on the cross, being buried and resurrected, and then ascending into heaven. So where does where does this particular story fit into all of that? And I always encourage my, as I'm teaching, I always encourage my students, hey, um, just remember everything that's happening is in the backdrop of the Old Testament, because Jesus, obviously, and all of the people there, they knew the Old Testament well. So this all fits into a context just of the whole Bible. And then secondly, look at your, the last kind of thing is looking at, um, not not the last one, then the more typical things. So geographic is absolutely fascinating. You can learn a lot by looking at the geography of certain um, accounts, especially for Jesus, especially John, where certain things are happening. It's, it's very good to know that. Of course, the whole Bible, the geographic context is good. Historical context. So it's good to kind of understand a little bit about Herod. Like right now I'm going actually through the entire book of Luke. Pray for me. This will be the longest, you know, buy the book that I've ever done in my life. And I feel like I keep saying, God, I'm not really a, a preacher. He's like, well, yeah, you kind of really are. So anyway, so right now we're going through Luke and you've got to understand who the different Herods are. There's actually more than one Herod. And that's kind of the historical context. And then the cultural context, you know, what, what is a meal like in Judaism? Uh, a bleeding woman. What, what are, what are the implications of being a woman with an issue of blood? Like what, what, what did that look like in that time period versus our own time period? Uh, M is meditate. I love talking about it because, and I think one of your podcasts mentions this, but we can take on a lot of, um, uh, aspects of the world. So yes, meditate. You can do that as a Christian, but you cannot do a regular Eastern meditation. 
Um, I when I read my Bible, I don't see that anywhere. Let me just put that one. Say what you can't do. That's it's not in the Bible. And so I love teaching about that because people either some Christians are afraid of the word, and then others just are really using Eastern meditation techniques. So there's a biblical way to meditate, which is using God's word. For me, I tell people what you want to do is get that word in you, right? You want to simmer in that word, and that's the aroma that's going to come out. So what do you do to do that? You can you can copy the verses. You can listen to them. You know, audio Bibles are, are a big thing nowadays. You can sharing it, sharing things on social media, texting somebody. All those things are going to get that verse more into your heart and your mind and your life. So that's what I mean by meditating the biblical sense, like you know, Joshua one nine things like that. And lastly, is agree. But it is last, but this is the key, right? So I can get all the knowledge in the world, and it really doesn't mean anything. I can know everything about Jesus, and the majority of American seminaries right now, there are even atheists on staff. Not just America, all North America, Canada, North America, there's atheists on staff because they like studying the Bible and everything like that. They know a lot about the Bible, but they're not believers. Okay, so just knowing God's word is not enough. I have to agree, God this is your word. Here's what you're telling me in your word. And now I'm going to obey your word. In fact, that word knowledge, especially in the Old Testament, but even how it's used in the New, it has the um, the connotation of knowing and then doing something with the knowledge. That's the connotation of it. It's, 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 it's a very intimate sort of a knowledge, which isn't just like head knowledge, it's heart knowledge too. So that when I say uh, we're spreading the aroma of our knowledge of Christ, it's our whole relationship with Christ, not just our, our head knowledge. And that's what you said, you mentioned saying yes to God. That's the right answer. That's the only answer. Um, for me, sometimes like God, yes, but, and God says, nope, that is the wrong answer. Yeah. Yes, but yes, but I'll do it later. Um, yes, but no, yes, just yes. So that's the agree. So, so thank you for allowing me to share that. Again, those can be mixed and matched and done in a journaling context too. So that is fantastic. And so I have arrange reading and what was that was o? the orient. Orient. That's right. That. I should say, oh, yep. that's all right. I'm writing it down. <laughs> so we have <laughs> arrange reading, orient, meditate, and agree. Man, that's it. God is good. Victoria, you have a book on the way. Tell us about Amen. that. Well, what was one book has kind of turned into two. So the Aroma Approach to Bible Study is really about the Aroma Approach and probably I'll have some journaling pages in there as well. That's But now the second book the Lord is leading me to is going to be Aroma Mom, Aroma Mom for Jesus, um, which is going to really help moms specifically uh, really bring the word of God to bear and spreading the aroma of Christ in their home and discipling their children and then taking that aroma outside of their home once see first you build it up in here right and then you take it out and that's my concept of circles that i've been teaching on lately so your inner circle is you god your immediate family your spouse your kids then there's other circles and you've got to know how to prioritize those and set proper boundaries so you're always doing the lord's work in his proper order not like jumping from this. Oh, well, I didn't even decide my kids today, but I'm going to go on a missions trip. So that's jumping to these circles, right? So you want this aroma to be really built up again. And I love your, I love your title, rooted and overflowing. I keep coming back to that. But you want this aroma to be 
um, the word of God, the love of God be rooted in your kids, in your home, your husband, your whole home should be rooted. So it's overflowing out to the wider world. Cause that's why we're here on this earth, right? Is to go and make disciples of all nations and teaching them to obey all the things that Jesus said. So by building it up in you, discipling your children, and then you're bringing it out. And that's God's order. You know that from Deuteronomy 6. That's what he, okay, so Moses gives the law. He says, you put it in your heart, now you got to teach it to your kids. That was super important. Moses, you know, he was limited in, in the space and time, but he could write. And he chose to mention discipling our kids. It's important. And then that will bring us out to the world. We talked about how you got started in ministry, but I'd love to hear what is your ministry all about? What's the message of your ministry? The message is realizing the power of God's word in our lives. For me, specifically, you know, for moms, although I, I do, on Clubhouse, I minister to just a general group, um, but the Lord is showing me, you know, to really focus on moms in particular. Um, because God's word is powerful. It's a two-edged sword. It's cutting. It's not the same as just reading any other book. And I learned myself how important God's word is. And I just want everybody else who, I believe most of us Christian women, we want to walk with the Lord. We want to have a strong, we want to grow in our relationship. We really, really do. And like you said in other podcasts, we get rid of that clutter to distract us. Standing firm on the word of God I cannot stress how absolutely helpful it is in ways I think we don't realize. Um, my background, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but was in psychiatry. And I also have uh, some in neurology and especially in neuroplasticity. That's kind of a big word. It's that I had gone to. But it really is about how our brain can change. Well, when you look at Romans 12, you know, what does Paul say? Did Paul ever go to a neuroplasticity conference? Probably not. But Paul says, when we renew our mind, we'll transform our lives. So that word renew really means to renovate. So you think about your house. You got to like tear down some stuff and put up new stuff. And that's what the word of God does for us. It, it is powerful. It does transform. Don't we want that? We, we, we want that. So we go to God's word. We do that. What are we doing when we do that? We're setting an example for others, especially in our family first. And giving us that strength, that rudeness that we need to withstand all those um, distractions. And like you mentioned, evil, you know, all this stuff in our world today, we have to be able to stand firm and we stand firm on Jesus. And he is the word, right? Ultimately, that's we, when we study God, we're studying Jesus. He, he said, everything's about me in this word. So this is how we build our relationship with Jesus. You know, when we first met our husbands, you know, we wanted to get to know them, wanted to become close. We got to, we learn about that. But we don't just learn it just in a book. We also spend time with them and talk to them and pour out our thoughts and let them talk back to us. That is so true. Oh my goodness. With there being so much going on, it seems like, sometimes it seems like when you talk about the word of God, when you talk about prayer, when you talk about God's love, Sometimes it seems so small when you stand it up against the chaos of the world. When the truth of the matter is, it is the other way around. The word is what is powerful. God's love is what is powerful. Salvation is powerful. And the word of God is just powerful. And it and that is what helps us to stand in the middle of the chaos. 
I had no idea. No, I did not know you had um background in psychology. It's one of these things where the Lord did work on me and I completely changed path. But of course, I still have the knowledge and I still use it many ways. But all of my life, I always knew I wanted to, you know, probably go to medical school, which is a tough road. So you got to try to start playing it early. So starting in high school, college, you know, I went there. I decided to do my specialty as psychiatry. Um, it was good and it was interesting. And shortly after, you know, I finally just got started in that. Uh, you know, I met my husband and, you know, got pregnant. And then God just really turned my whole life upside down, honestly. Um, and he led me um, to really do the unthinkable, which was to really not do the typical thing of just continuing my career, just, you know, dropping my child in the daycare and just, you know, going out to work like that. Um, and I say that because at the time, that's really how I felt. I, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat that. I know a lot of women facing similar um uh, a pull from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. They're like, oh, that can't be. It can be. Trust me. But I say today, it was like an easy thing. I just up and no, it was a process. I was unbelievable. Um, but that is what I did. So I ended up really um, just doing some things from home initially. And then eventually, as I said, I just switched really over into just using my writing skills and um, parenting skills. I taught a lot of the parenting classes and things and putting all those in the Christian context because. Um, and maybe I didn't make this clear. So when all of these things were happening, I was only just starting to learn about the Lord. I wouldn't even say I was saved when I had my son. It was only after I had my daughter three years later that I can say I fully understood salvation and really accepted Jesus, you know, as the Lord of my life. And so that the three years there, that was a transition of me, you know, moving out of my career into being a stay-at-home mom. And then the craziest thing of all, becoming a homeschool mom. I'm like, what is a homeschool mom? See, back in my day, you know, I read one or two little magazine articles and some parenting thing about, but um, I'm like, what on earth? So how, God, is this even going to happen? Uh, it was a huge transition. So then I started working with women in those transitions. So there are women, and even more so now, I mentioned with the coronavirus, that they're realizing um, their, their, their view is just different now. And they were wanting to make that transition. So I've helped moms who feel the call of the Lord to do that. Um, but in that, I loved psychiatry, especially loved the neurology part of it. And becoming a Christian, like I've heard it's in creation science and really studying uh, all the science I had learned in a secular way, learning that from a Christian perspective, it made it just, it's just amazing. So I have, I have whole talks that I've given to other women's groups about um, neurology, the brain neuroplasticity, and how it really all lines up with God's plans in some really amazing ways. Just something as simple as reading. Um, evolutionists do not understand reading, okay, and how it came to be. Because in order to know how to read, there's a little thing called a reading box. This is a kind of a, a layman's way of saying it. In order to know how to read, you have to read, okay? So the question for the evolutionists is then, how, what's came from the chicken back? Like, if you have to learn how to read, to read, to activate the reading box, then how did you, if you can't read, and of course you can't write, well, see, I have the answer. You see, because my God uh, showed Moses how to write. That's me with the Ten Commandments. That's probably actually uh, the oldest language. We really know that now. So I've got the answer. So, and it doesn't, um, 
diminished my belief in science. It goes along with my belief in science. It's perfect. It explains things I couldn't explain before neurologically. So God's word, it's written. Therefore, God has to create beings who can read. And that is what he did. So um, thank you for asking. I, I like sharing about that. Well, Victoria, what's next for you? Well, so I think the Lord is really going to have me really pushing um, my ministry, specifically to moms, um, finishing up these books. And then we'll see where else he wants me to go with this ministry, which I believe will be more specifically focused on moms. And not just moms of young children, but moms at all stages. Because when you have a young adult, uh, young adults like I do, our faith is so important. Discipleship is so important. We still are leading and guiding and teaching and training. It's just in a different way. That's all. Um, so my goal is to reach moms across that spectrum and help them with uh, the word of God. Amen. Well, this has been an absolute joy. I will have links in the show notes for how women can reach out to you and access your current resources and the resources to come. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Rooted and Overflowing. To hear back episodes and learn more about the podcast, visit rootedandoverflowing.com. Resources are available and they are designed to equip you and enhance your walk with Jesus Christ. When you rate and review the show, it helps me make sure I'm sharing information that is valuable. So I invite you to let me know how I'm doing and share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, stay rooted in Christ and overflow with gratitude.